Welcome to the This Week in Rays Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Thanks for joining us. We hope you had a great Valentine's Day weekend. We know those of you listening have a tremendous love for Rays baseball, and that certainly will be satisfied this week when pitchers and catchers report. In fact, many Rays were at Tropicana Field last week already, getting into the swing of things. One of them was the newest Rays outfielder, Corey Dickerson, who enjoyed his first batting practice at Tropicana Field. I really like the field. Uh, great group of guys so far, and uh, you know it's really, really different playing in the dome than outside. But you know the ball traveled well, and uh, I enjoy enjoyed it today. Are you someone who grew up in Mississippi, is it nice to be on the East Coast after all this? I guess spring trainings in Arizona. Very nice. Uh, all my family get to actually watch the games. Uh, it's always a couple hours, you know, later for them, and it's driving distance and. You know, I get to play at ballparks I've never really played at that much, and I'm looking forward to that. Dante Bichette was here over the weekend. He was put in the Hitters Hall of Fame in this building and said some glowing things about you. What did you learn from him and as in the time you spent with him? You know, Dante is a great hitting coach when we had him, and, you know, he really told us to have fun when we go out there, uh, let it fly, let our ability take over, and, you know, not put too much pressure on ourselves. It's still a game, and know that we'll show up tomorrow. That was the big thing he always said. That's new Rays outfielder Corey Dickerson, who's put on some impressive batting practice displays at the Trop over the past week. And the same could be said for Lakeland native Steve Pierce, who's had multiple workouts at the Trop since signing as a free agent with the Rays. Pierce has enjoyed the pre-spring training workouts. Very helpful to come out here, you know, just to try to knock the dust off, knock the rust off, and, uh, you know, just, just try to, you know, know the guys. I'm new to the team, so, you know, for me coming out here, meeting the hitting coach, being the head coach, uh, just in meeting the my teammates, so uh, it's definitely good to, to have this right here. Some of guys will switch leagues. They've got to worry about moving spring training facilities. You were right down the road in Sarasota, and you played in the same division. Does that make a transition, do you think, any easier? I think it does, you know, especially, you know, coming up with uh, playing with Baltimore the last couple of years, and we're playing these guys 19 times a year. So I am very familiar with the guys now. It's just the next step is getting to know them, you know, on a personal level, and as far as moving around, um, you know, familiar with the area. You know, it's, it's it's a lot easier for me. I don't have to pack up and move across state. I'm just just about an hour away. So I'm guessing you keep the same spring training facility you've kept since you're close enough. Or no, that's still that's still a little far away. It's <laughs> it's you know an hour and a half drive is not uh, not fun to be making every day. So uh, I will have a place in Port Charlotte. So for you, the the group that you've started to get to know, what are your early impressions? This it's going to be a fun year. You know, it's a great team. It seems like everybody's. Uh, Everybody's, you know, they include you. Uh, just, just great people. And, you know, I'm very excited to play here. Um, and I, I know it's going to be a fun year. You know, we have a good team. We're going to be able to compete. And um, I'm looking forward to it. Most teams don't have the benefit of their home ballpark being so close to spring training. Do you think that's an advantage, just the fact that you can just come over here before spring training starts and kind of get reaccustomed to this place as well as you've played here? Definitely. Um, you know, we also have good weather, so, you know, we can hit outside. So, I mean, even if you're four hours away, you don't have to come over here. You can still hit outside. So, we have that, that advantage. Um, but, it, you know, a lot of people live in Tampa. It's not that far not that far of a drive, and, and it's definitely beneficial to be able to just come over here and hit and uh, especially, you know, have big league balls, big league BP every day. So, it's, it's definitely beneficial and helps. That's Steve Pierce, who should be a big help to the Rays this year, especially against left-handed pitching. Hitting coach Derek Shelton has had the chance to see several of the new Rays that have been added this offseason, and I asked Shelton what he thought of the additions. 
Yeah, I'm excited. We've added, uh, I think, four or five new new position players, new hitters. So it's an exciting time. Anytime you can add bats and uh, the quality of guys we've added, uh, it, it's it's going to make for an exciting year. You got your first up-close look at Corey Dickerson. What were your impressions getting to see him in person, even though it's just batting practice? Uh, it's impressive. I mean, ball comes off his bat hot. I mean, we'd seen that from uh, from watching the video from when he was in Colorado. But, uh, yeah, it, it's nice to have him in here this early so you can get your eyes on him. You have Steve Pearson early, too. How much does it help you to get to know some of these guys with voluntary workouts before spring training even starts? It helps us a ton. I mean, uh, a large part of, of my job is building relationships and communication. So when we can do it in a very relaxed setting right now, it, it's really good. It, uh, it makes it a little bit easier as we get into spring training. When you get into spring training, how do you use that time to try and, I guess, build the trust level? Is that the most important thing in those six weeks? Yeah, it's letting them know that you know they, how they can communicate with us and how we can communicate with them, just having general conversations. By having them here early, we can kind of get some of that out of the way. But a lot of it happens in the cage early in the morning, just general chit-chatting. And then once we get into, uh, once we get into games, talking about game situational stuff. And I know the excitement is on paper, but what are you most excited about with the additions that have been made in terms of what they can bring offensively? Well, I think our lineup has a different look to it, and how Kevin's going to be able to put it together has a different look to it, and that's something we haven't had in the past couple of years. So for, for the first time, we have a lot of different options in terms of how we're going to, what we're going to do with our lineup, how we're going to put them together. So that excites me a little bit. That's race hitting coach Derek Shelton. Another guy who's excited about spring training is left-handed pitcher Matt Moore, who's had a normal offseason after coming back last year from Tommy John surgery. Yeah, it's a lot different this time last year. Um, getting ready for camp was a whole different feeling. You know, it was like I'm, I know I'm going to spring training, um, but I'm not going to do much while I'm down there. You know, as far as playing baseball, and now, you know, just you know, looking forward to getting the games going, looking forward to opening day, and and all the stuff that comes after spring training. Um, just in a you know a different light. Like I, you know, I feel like I'm going to be a part of things and. Um, it's nice to feel strong at this time of year. How much different was the off season that you could have more of a normal off season to prepare for this year? It was, you know, actually a lot like the, the previous off seasons before I got hurt, where uh, you know I'm doing whatever I want to do until about the middle of November, and then we kind of get after it, um, getting ready for the next season. Um, you know, kind of just having some things put to rest as far as you know. I, I knew when I let go of the ball that my arm feels good, that, that things with my elbow um, seem to be in place, and, and there's nothing that was bothering me going into the winter. So it, I think it helped me just relax and and try to enjoy the winter for what it was and, and pick baseball up when it was time to do that again. And how important was the last month in terms of that peace of mind going into the off season? Yeah, that was that was definitely nice. I'm, you know, it's one of the the moments where you. At the end of the year, you reflect. That's one of the ones I probably went back to a little bit more, uh, especially, uh, you know, Toronto, the last game of the year. I think I threw a good game against the Orioles. Um, so just a couple of those games that kind of, you know, regardless of what happened before that, um, you know, try to focus on those ones and kind of relive those moments to, so that way they can happen more often. And the Rays certainly are hoping for that from Matt Moore. Let's turn our attention from the majors to the minors. It's been a busy offseason for several Rays minor leaguers. In fact, several of them won a championship just last week with Brisbane in Australia. And joining us now, one of their coaches, Michael Johns, the Charlotte Stone Crabs manager. Michael, thanks very much for being with us. Hey, Neil. Thanks for having me, and it's good to be back in the States. Um, the trip was great. I think it was probably a longer trip than we thought. Um, 
you know, we went over there on October 13th thinking we'd probably be done at the end of the regular season, which would have been the end of January. We ended up making the playoffs, and for the first time in Brisbane history, we made the playoffs. We finished first, and then we were able to sweep through the championship round. So it's been quite a, quite a whirlwind the last few weeks, but we ended up being there for around four months and got a lot out of it. Uh, I know the guys really enjoyed it. They got a ton of at-bats. Uh, Australians were really, really welcoming to us. They were very friendly, made us feel at home, and it couldn't have gone any better. I mean, we couldn't have written a better script to go over there, to go to the playoffs for the first time in Brisbane history and then to win it at home in front of a bunch of people on MLB channel and ESPN. It was just a, uh, a great experience, and we're glad to be home, though. Before we get to some of the individual performances of some of the Rays minor leaguers, you had gone before the year that Kevin Kiermeyer went when the Rays played for Canberra. Now, how different was the experience in Brisbane, and how much has the league advanced from where it was a few years ago? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I was in Canberra the first time, didn't really know what to expect, didn't really know what, they, what we were going to get out of the ABL. It was really our first time being back there since maybe the late 90s. Um, but I think that, you know, obviously Kiermaier did a nice job out there at Glazeman. Uh, Mark Thomas, Timo, the guys we had out there did a really nice job. I guess the difference is uh, I think the league's getting a little older. Um, and having said that, you know, there's there's a there's a a lot of pitching with uh, there's a lot of guys that pitch that don't have a lot of velocity that we see here in the states. They kind of pitch it backwards, um, which is good for our young guys to see. You know, a lot of breaking balls and fastballs count. So to me, that's one of the biggest things that stood out is the way that our guys were pitched. Um, and then, you know, like I said, the league just seems like it's getting older. So it's good that a lot of teams, a lot of bigger teams are sending some youth out there like we did. And the youth on paper seemed to fare pretty well. Let's begin with Justin Williams. A lot was thought of him when he came over in the Jeremy Ellickson trade. He did fairly well in Bowling Green, struggled a little bit with you with Charlotte the last portion of the schedule, and looked like he had a great time in Australia. How did he evolve? Uh, I think it's probably pretty safe to say he was the best player in the league. Uh, he probably would have won the batting title. He had to sit out the last three games because of a shoulder injury that ended up not being too serious. We were just being a little cautious. I think he finished three points behind the leader. Um, he was only a few home runs behind the home run leader. I think he ended up in the second or third home run. You know, he was in all the categories, hits, RBIs, everything. Um, just what a great year. And I, I think we all knew he was going to hit. I think if you ask anybody in our organization, you know, there's some guys that can just hit. And we knew that he was going to hit. But I think what really stood out for me is the way he played the game. He played it hard. Um, he played a really good outfield. And he did a nice job, you know, off the field, too. It's not easy to ask a 19-, 20-year-old to go that far away for that long, miss Thanksgiving, miss Christmas, and, uh, you know, not get homesick. But, you know, not only him, but they all did it. And it's really a testament to kind of who they are, their integrity, their character, all those things. Um, but, again, on the field, awesome. He was our MVP in my mind. And our best player. How much do you think an experience like this can help him going forward? I think it can help him a lot of ways. Um, I think you know those guys went through ups and downs, and they did it without their family there. Um, they did it without anybody to lean on, and they had to really grow up in a hurry. In a hurry. Uh, and then, two, all the success he had is only going to make him a better baseball player. I think he's got a lot more confidence now. Uh, I think he knows how good he is. I mean, he was facing 25, 26, 27-year-old pitchers that some have pitched triple-A, pitched in the big leagues, and he and he held his own. He did a really nice job. Riley Unroe was another guy who seemed to put up pretty good numbers, and he, for the most part, was in Bowling Green last year, too. Yeah, Riley, Riley got off to a slow start um, out there, and we had him playing shortstop, which he was really kind of out of position. He had not played short in a while. 
I moved back to second. It seemed like everything just clicked. He was on an absolute tear. I think he was probably one of the hottest hitters the last month or two. Um, he was really, really good from both sides of the plate. He ended up leading the league in stolen bases. I think he had 14 or 15. So he did a nice job there. Played a really good second base. And I uh, hit leadoff for us all year. It's one of the big reasons why we went to the championship and won it. Uh, but just for him, speaking to him individually, he made some really nice adjustments at the plate. And I think you're going to see a different rally unroll, you know, wherever he is next year. And you mentioned the fact that the Rays sent a lot of youth to the Australian Baseball League, and Braylon Jackson didn't maybe have the numbers of Unroe or Justin Williams, but he did homer in the championship round of the playoffs, and it seemed like at least he held his own. He did. He did. You know, Braylon kind of went through some ups and downs where he started out slow, and then he got really hot. There was a stretch for two or three weeks where he was the hottest hitter in the league, and then he kind of went back down, and you know, we were really trying some things with him offensively, and he did a nice job adjusting to things we're trying to tell him to do and teach him to do. And maybe you don't see numbers right away, but hopefully we see him whenever he gets back to the States. But he did a nice job. You know, Brethren's one of those kids that he's just going to play the game the right way no matter what's going on. What a great kid. I love the kid. Um, and, you, yeah, you're right. He didn't have the numbers the other guys did, but he played really well. He did. He played a really good left field. He hit second for us all year. He had the big home run to get us on the board in the first game of the championship series. Um so he did a lot of nice things for us. I think you're going to see a, a better Braylon Jackson this year. And the fourth guy who wasn't there for the whole time, and in fact I saw him at the winter development program, was catcher Nick Shufo. Now he felt he made some strides and then unfortunately fractured his finger on a foul tip. But what did you see from Nick before that injury? I'll tell you what, whenever he was left, he was right on the right track. Um, that was tough to see in a lot of ways. Tough for him to get injured. You never want anybody to get injured. Thank goodness it was just a little bit of a fracture. Um, but he was in the right – he was really making strides in the right direction. And I felt really good about where he was and what he was going to do the rest of the Australian baseball league season. Unfortunately, he missed it. Um, but I think they're going to – he's really made some nice improvements. I think he got a lot out of it, maybe the most out of it of, of anyone, even for only being there this short amount of time. And then behind the plate, uh, he was just unbelievable back there. Whenever he left, we really saw a drop-off in our defense. Um, but he just completely shut the running game down. He's got high energy back there. He cares about the pitchers. Uh, he he showed this our staff a lot. They loved him. Whenever he left, it really, really, it really, really took us um, a while to kind of get back in stride. But he, he did a nice job. Got a lot out of it, I think. And a lot of the guys you had one would expect at some point would be with the Stone Crabs this year when you're managing there again. Does it help to have that relationship already built somewhat? Yeah, I think it's great, and you never know how the board's going to stack up, but it would seem if you're, if we all use common sense, that they probably would be in Charlotte, um, which would be great. You know, obviously there's a lot more familiarity after being in a country with those guys for so long, and you're around them for so much of the day. I mean, not just on the baseball field, but making sure they're, they're being taken care of off the field, and we did a lot of things together. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be great. I hope I do have all four of them, selfishly, and Hopefully they move up to double A, you know, quickly. But I think I think it will help them with the familiarity. Obviously it will help me to kind of know, you know, that what makes them tick and how they are on and off the field. Um, I think it's, it's great for both of us. And I know it's not much of an off season with the season ending so late, but how much does this really help you personally in your coaching and managing career? Well, you know what? I think just like the players, as many reps as I can get as being a third-base coach and kind of running the offense, just like them, as many reps as they can get for a bats, I think it, it helps everybody. I think the more you're around the game, the better off you're going to be. Um, and then obviously the staff we had, a lot of baseball experience. Our, our manager played in the big leagues for a long time. Dave Nilsson, our pitching coach, was a 
pitching coach for the Angels for a long time in the minor leagues. So, you know, being around the game and having to think the game all the time, um, writing players up during the offseason, I think all that does is make you better. Um, does it make for a long season? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, you know, if our players are going there and going to commit to this, I think we can as a staff as well. We certainly appreciate you joining us for a few minutes. Enjoy the rest of your offseason. We'll see you soon in Port Charlotte. Okay, Neil. Thanks so much. We certainly thank Charlotte Stone Crabs manager Michael Johns for being with us to talk about the recent trip to Australia. And we now move stateside and joining us to talk about the race promotional schedule, which was just unveiled on Friday, is Director of Promotion Stefan Thomas. Stefan, thanks very much for being with us. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate it. This is maybe not extremely early for the promotional schedule, but you guys announced it a little bit earlier and you've got some really neat new promotional items to chat about. Yeah, but part of the reason we wanted to announce a little bit earlier is uh, single-game tickets go on sale on February 19th, so uh, make sure that everybody check out the promotional schedule online, raisebaseball.com backslash promotions, and then get your single-game tickets on the items that you really want on Friday. Uh, but kicking it off this year, we have a really good uh, item on our first Saturday home game, Kevin Kiermeyer Platinum Glove Bobblehead. Um, really cool pose from uh, making it off of the catch that he made in Baltimore. Uh, it's a really cool item, probably my favorite bobblehead that I've been a part of. Uh, that one's one of the highlights. And then also that same weekend, we have a baseball glove for kids 14 and under. And then at the end of uh, April, you also have a Chris Archer K-Counter bobblehead, or, or uh, bobblehead, yeah, which, which is also a unique idea. Yeah, Archer, um, you know, he set the single-season strikeout record last year, so we want to kind of pay tribute to that of the race single-season strikeout record. So we have the Archer K counter bobblehead that you guys can follow along all season as he racks up his uh, 200-plus strikeouts, hopefully again this year. It's a pretty cool way to recognize somebody and also kind of move forward a little bit. What are some of the other unique things that have been done this year? Obviously, with your you know, the hallmark players of the race, there's, there's a fair amount of things tied to Chris Archer, to Kevin Kiermaier, and, and tied to Evan Longoria as well. Yeah, one of the things, uh, it's a little too early for us to, to release some images right now, but one cool item that's not getting as much attention right now is we're going to do this uh, Longo Solar Power Gnome that's going to uh, come out in August, August 6th. And with that, it's a Longo as a gnome, uh, but one cool aspect is it is he's holding a burst in his hand, and the, when you turn the lights off, the burst will light up. So that's one that we're really going to be really excited to show a little bit later in the season. Then also one really unique one, uh, uh, the last couple of years we've done Christmas in July, and uh, for, on the Sunday game, we're having a, a Kiermaier Claus bobblehead. So uh, you ever picture Kevin Kiermaier dressed up as Santa Claus? He's a big uh, Christmas guy, big Santa fan. So uh, that one's going to be a really cool, unique one that should be pretty popular. How much do you engage with the players? Because I know they like the giveaways that are done. How much do you chat about? Here are some ideas that we're thinking of. What do you think? Uh, a fairly amount. Uh, you know, we, we run a couple ideas by the guys, especially if there's ones over time, you get a little bit more unique ones and stuff. So you never, you always want to make sure that a player is comfortable with what we come up with. So with the uh, Kiermaier one, we're like, hey, Kevin, we know that you really like Christmas. Are you comfortable with us putting you in a Christmas suit? And he was all on board with it. And I was like, oh, I'm really excited about this. So we, we try to work in the players and just get their opinion. A couple years ago, Longo was really excited about the drummer bobblehead, and that was really his concept that he came up with. So uh, those guys are all creative. They see a lot of stuff around the league and stuff, and we try to tie in stuff to, uh, specifically to each player's personality. And I would think that's pretty unique. I, I'm, I'm guessing that, yeah, there are some teams that 
work, but you guys really have a, a, a pretty good rapport with the players and, and the give and take. Yeah, and a lot of it stems from our communication staff. So they, they give us an idea of this is what certain guys are into, and then we kind of come back on our side and just kind of brainstorm and talk about all the different ideas. And then once we have, hey, this is something we really like, we'll reach out again to the player. And it's all about just hopefully our giveaway items are a reflection of the player's personality because uh, a bobblehead is great, but if you have a bobblehead that ties in a little bit more to what the player wants and what the player likes, it adds that much more um, excitement around the item. And again, people can go check this out online before they get their single game tickets on the 19th. Yeah, go to raisebaseball.com backslash promotions. All the promotional items are listed there. 24 items in total, uh, 13 on uh, 13 kids giveaways on Sundays, and then 10 Saturday uh, all-fan giveaways. So check it out, raisebaseball.com backslash promotions. Single game tickets on sale February 19th. And we hope people are going to take advantage of that. A reminder, we also will have our next Countdown to Opening Day show this coming Thursday, and we'll be doing it from Port Charlotte. And if you miss it, it also will be available via podcast as well on that coming Friday, raisebaseball.com slash podcast. For all of that, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Before long, you can follow us daily with our reports from spring training, raiseradio.mlblogs.com. Thanks to Stefan Thomas, Michael Johns, and the Rays players who joined us. We'll talk to you soon.